right. Um, so I'm with Death Mantra, um, thrash metal band here from Gallup, New Mexico. Thanks, you guys, for joining me. Uh, would you guys give yourselves some introduction to listeners? Uh, thanks for having us. <clears throat> My name is James Day. I'm the lead singer and the vocalist of the band. I'm Garrett. I am the drums of the band. I am Zane. I play bass. Okay. Yeah, thanks, you guys, for talking with me. I've uh, been a listener of like Death Mantra for about the past like year or two, and um, yeah, congrats on releasing the recent um, uh, CD Mantras of Death. Thank you. It's fun to make, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just uh, kind of going back, just to kind of like how you guys started and your background. Um, where are you guys originally from? If we all had to say it, be if you're from Gallup, but individually, you know, we're all from the reservation. Gary and I are from Twin Lakes. And I'm from Coyote Canyon. Okay, perfect. I understand you guys are kind of based out of Gallup right now. Yeah. Cool. And um, how did you guys get involved with uh, playing music? Well, it goes back to an early age. I think it all started with me. My dad, Derwin Morgan, was in a couple bands here. The earliest I can remember was uh, Chemical, and that was him with David Cruz. Dave Silva, and I don't, I forget the drummer's name. I think his name was Richie DeLue, but they made Chemical. They did a handful of shows, and um, I ended up having to just kind of, like, begging my mom to go with him because I just wanted to get out of the house or something, or I just wanted to be a part of what was going on. And he took me with him to a practice, and I didn't know what to expect. All he told me was that it was going to be loud, and I might not like it. But he said they were going to be playing like music on the radio and stuff, so I was kind of like, okay. We got there, and they were doing cover songs, and but hearing the just that open E, you know, on distortion, that loud, it's just, it was just like maybe 11 or 10 years old. I was kind of just taken by that. And I think from there, that kind of got me, but I was more the drummer just because I was unable to like really kind of sit still or it was just naughty, I don't know. But I ended up picking up some drumsticks. And, uh, the guy that they were practicing at, he was in a Hogan. He was a white guy who had a Hogan. And he uh, he made jewelry there. And I remember finding a pair of sticks behind all the, the amps and whatnot. And sitting at his jewelry table, I started like, uh, just tapping shit. Started soon, pretty soon, I'm like banging on everything. They got mad, but they were like, you know, just let him play, you know. So they put me on the drums, and I remember... My dad was playing, I think it was, you got another thing coming or breaking the law. It was real simple. Just, he just said, just, just tap it, hit it, we'll play. So he did. And there, that's when I wanted to be a drummer. From there, my journey, I was with my dad at every practice, every show, pretty much. I was his roadie. That was my foot in everything where I got to meet a lot of, like, Ernie and his, when he was still doing, like, Glani and Sleep Taste Pretty and all of that. And kind of like a lot of the old school bands like Sacred Blood, Tribus, and Razzle. This is probably like early 2000s. And it's pretty cool just kind of going to all these makeshift parties that they would throw up where it was just basically an extension cord to someone's sheep corral or sheep camp or wherever and just play out there and it was fun. And it was kind of weird because Grandma would be like, <laughs> like looking right next there, like after the amps is the sound guy and she's flapping bread for everybody and making money that way. 
those are like memories from when, you know, when I was small and coming up into it at the same time I playing drums when I could all the local guys that my dad played with like LJ from uh, um, Cemetery and then of course Distorted Ritual my dad was a lead guitarist in that band that band started with Wolf Watchman my dad of course Norman was there and then there was a guy named Wooji I did not know his real name, <laughs> but they made Distorted Ritual, at least that first round of it. The second round came uh, Amarinez, and that was the lineup for the longest time, and then Wolf left. Yeah. Mike came in. He played a few, Mike Green, he played a few shows with them. Um, so it sounds like you were exposed to it, like... Oh yeah, at a, at a young age, very young age. All these guys had an impact on me. They either showed me some cool stuff, and it was cool. A lot of these guys were cool enough to show me some cool shit along the way. Yeah. But you fast forward amongst all that, the history, you get to when Mike finally left, and I get to play drums. And they needed a drummer. And I just happened to be there. They ordered me a drum set. I put it together. I learned it. I played it in two weeks and or so, and I was jamming with them on my shows from there. It just kind of like I got addicted to jamming. Every weekend I was gone. Pretty soon I met another band called Dismay. I was jamming with those guys. And then I moved on to Malicious Plague. I was jamming with those guys for a while. And then I got tired of it all because there wasn't any bands around here that I liked. There was really good, there are good bands around here. Don't get me wrong. But there was nobody like just outright heavy and aggressive you know yeah and that's what i set out to make and i went and i bought my guitar and i played it and i was just so dead on like i'm not gonna fucking do any covers i'm not gonna learn metallica i'm not gonna do megadeth or slayer and everything i did was just kind of self-taught just what my dad showed me was just those power chords you know so you can do a lot with these and i did nice and yeah Yeah, no it's okay uh yeah that's cool you kind of ran through a, a pretty much a history of like from when you were exposed to how you got death mantra going uh how about you garrett and um zane how how'd you guys get involved in playing music uh musically it started off when i was a kid my mom used to play you know a lot of music hair metal mainly with stuff like um like Poison, Molly Crew, White Snake, White Snake Dawkins, stuff Wasp. like that. And then every now and then, you know, she added some stuff like Ozzy Osbourne or Metallica, Maybe. Anthrax, Iron Maiden or Sabbath or something. And you know, that was my introduction into heavy metal, into some heavy stuff. And as far as getting into into drums, you know, that was, that was a whole different story because I was just... Uh, what 15 16 years old just coming home from school and I remember just chilling out in the room i forgot what i was doing but anyway james comes in and he just he just straight up asked me like hey you know can you be my drummer and for like maybe like what the first few weeks <laughs> i just kept saying no 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 it was like constantly every day every chance you guy he just kept I was telling pissing me. him off dude he was getting mad like all red it's like no <laughs> to the fact and then finally you know he, he just he didn't ask me anymore he just basically just he handed me the stage and just said you're my drummer 
<laughs> and I just said, okay. And I just told him, like, I don't know how to play anything. And and he just showed me a simple rock beat, you know, kick, snare, and uh, the hi-hat, you know. Stuff like ACDC, you know, that simple stuff. That's right. And then... And after that, I just... I, I took it from there, and I just kind of evolved into something else, into... I don't know. I, I really wouldn't say what my style is, or even if I have a style, but it, I, I would assume it's basic. It's basic playing, but you know that's how I got into drums and you know how into death mantra and all that. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you get into music, Zing? Um, how I got into music? Well, my brother kind of introduced me. Uh, Iron Maiden, some Megadeth, and some Black Sabbath. Um, Iron Maiden kind of, but really kind of, really pushed me into metal for a while. But I kind of got really interested into the punk scene later on, and through some homies that kind of took me to some shows here and there on the res and stuff. Through um, like some house gigs, I can remember. How I got into Death Mantra was um, probably going to school at Tahachi. Um I really didn't know the scene around here that much. Um, I was just like re-coming back into the scene in this area. And I guess one day um, this guy, Garrett, <laughs> the drummer Garrett, uh, he was trying to sell some tickets and he was telling me there was a show here at Jagannath. And I was really interested. It was a DRI show. <laughs> it was like really surprising how the show was, how much energy um, Death Mantra was to me. I was really surprised because I came in as a fan. Um, I really never heard of Death Mantra, but that night when I heard them, I was just really blown away. Awesome. What, uh, what year would you say Death Mantra officially started? Officially, I'd say probably 2015, late 2014, early 2015. It took us about two, like a year. Everything started like in the summer, so like, how many years are like crossed? But definitely 2013, I believe, is when I kind of was like, yeah, let's do it. And I did. And I started it just as myself. And like Gary said, I recruited him into it. And my dad was a bass player at the time. And it was just us three for a while, and then Dwayne Valetto came in, and that was the, I guess the, the lineup, classic lineup, like, whatever. But yeah, 2015 is when we recorded the demo, so I guess that would made it official. Okay, and uh, you kind of talked about the bands that you were exposed to and a part of. Um, as far as the metal scene in Gallup, how would you? kind of describe it because it's pretty uh, to me it's it's kind of like pretty strong there's a lot of really really badass bands from around here i think the scene is like just a time bomb and i say that a good way because a lot of like you said a lot of these bands here are talented and they're really good but the crowd support don't know it but the only time they do is when these big bigger bands come around you know like soulfly and the uh fear factory then you kind of get a glimpse into those bands but those are the same bands that have been playing for a long time you know and there are newer bands that are hungry too that want to try it you know 
they want to get up on that stage and i'm sure everyone's looking at it now and i hope nobody like during the covid or anything you know that break took time we certainly did and we were just like let's record an album you know and now i think after the album came out and what dom from a funeral relic told me was to start working on the next one i'm like i've been riff crazy since so nice yeah what are some bands now that you would like recommend listeners check out from this area I would say the Mommy Milkers, Warm Order, of course, always Warm Order, Chatter Remain, Creeping Puppets. I believe they're uh, yeah, they're born in winter. So <laughs> Funeral Relic from Albuquerque. Yeah, um, yeah, those guys. Yeah. All you guys mentioned they're pretty pretty badass. And cool. There's a bunch more, but off the top of my head, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys released the demo you said in 2015 um was there another release after that demo or because i know the mantras of death just came out but was there a release in between the demo and the re- the recent one i don't believe so no it was just that demo on huh? just maybe some cell phone recordings and like maybe a tape Maybe there might be lost recordings out there, but uh, our memory serves this correct, not too sure. Okay. Um, you mentioned the Monsters of Death. The the latest release was recorded during the pandemic. It was planned to. Well, no, no. It was originally <clears throat> supposed to be recorded in twenty twenty. We yeah. started in about, what, January? Yeah, we started pre-production December, January, and we were going to hit it, but... Uh, then March came around, and that's when the whole COVID exploded, and then that took its toll on everyone and everywhere. And that pushed everything back until about, I would say, November. But through all that time, we were talking, and we started... Uh, we were coming in, like, every now and again, when they were lifted restrictions enough, you know, and they're like, six people or whatever and we come in and we'd lay the guitar tracks down or whatever throughout the whole thing that was pre-production i guess you could say through everything in covid but i think we officially started in february of 2021 yeah okay but with all of that through all that recording man there was just like a lot of stuff coming up you know things personal things and everything and it almost seemed, I don't know, just personally, I think this is, a lot of things kind of kept this album from coming out. It just seemed like, even toward the end, right, when we were, like, in order to CDs and replacing everything, and everything was just kind of, like, bugging, you know, unless it was working properly, and you know, what the heck, and then finally it would work after, like, the, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Frustrating, and it was just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. Who, um, you understand you guys recorded it at, here at the... Juggernaut? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, did you guys do like a self uh, production and doing all the editing? Well, we had uh, Cody Kelly in here, the guy that was up front. He was, um, he came in, he did the mixing and everything with us, and some editing. But for the majority of the part of it, there was Gary and I and Zane sitting in here pressing record while one of us was either riffing it out or jumping or whatever. But a lot of the, um, yeah, I guess the editing part, with computer science, or whatever, all came from the Cody Kelly and Ernie. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And um, you mentioned the artwork right there. Who did the artwork? 
Uh, there was a guy named Big Figus, yeah. I believe. Yeah. I never, I haven't met the guy. We all want to get a CD to him and be like, "Hey, dude, use your your art. We use your art, you know, artwork for album." Yeah, I like. It. It's like uh, it's like southwestern style. I don't know, almost like Mexican style, like the way it was painted with the the skull. It's pretty cool. I just thought it was. I just looked at it. And I was just thought I'll just make a cool album cover because we were looking for an album cover at the time, and I was just like, I don't want to be so like elaborate and hire somebody. And I was just like, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. And then you guys did the release show on March twenty sixth. Um, was that something you guys just put together, or was there like a promoter behind it, or we put it together with Ernie Santiago? He was the promoter of the whole thing. Majority of it was he gave us a venue. He gave us a venue, place to support. He gave us yeah. He he's the one that gave us the opportunity to record. He said you know he was saying that you know we deserved to at least record it, so we did, and. He gave us the place to do a show and everything, and you know, a lot of it is credited to to him. We would probably wouldn't have had the show or too much, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. That was the first time I uh, seen funeral funeral relic. I oh, saw shadow remain in uh, War Motor before, but yeah, funeral relic mm-hmm. ever. Torture victor, old man, torture victim. Oh, okay. Laid to rest, and now they reborn funeral relic, and I was, like, <laughs> I was like ready to throw my armor's table over and just get in a bit too <laughs> yeah 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 that's cool and do you guys have any shows coming up the 420 show here at the juggernaut and then we also have one on may 17th for dri here at the juggernaut as well awesome and um yeah i hope everyone gets a chance to check it out how can people find the monsters of death album we're on all platforms some of them i don't even like haven't even heard of YouTube, there's Spotify, iTunes, Pandora, uh, even old um, Napster. <laughs> if you want to rip our music off, you can go over there. Yeah, can people like order like CDs yeah. or physical copies? Yeah, you can go through the juglife.com website here for the Juggernaut, or you can go through CD Baby. You can order physical ones. If you're not able to get it from us directly, or you can message us directly, and we can send it out to you. Awesome. What's the response been like? Have you kind of heard feedback from people or? It's been tripped out. Actually, we've gotten, I think, two days, a day after the show, we got an email from a guy in Poland and he ordered 10 CDs wow. and we shipped it out. And then after that, we got another email from a guy in Japan at Rockstack Records. I think that's how it. We ordered six CDs and we sent that out today. So. The response is pretty cool. We had some sh- orders go out to, we shipped some out to some bros, and, you know, we, uh, a couple people bought some stuff and sent them out, so it's been pretty, actually, honestly, kind of surprising the support that we got from the show. It was like, because we, like, I believe, uh, uh, Gerald from I Don't Conform, I believe, he's the one that was always, he said, you know, that we've always been flown under radar and always kind of, the underdogs are un- overlooked as far as the band, but, you know, I feel like the support that people came out, you know, made me feel like, oh shit, people are actually kind of listening and they, they like our music enough to come out and buy a shirt. And that was cool. Yeah. yeah, I was at the Soulfly show before and just saw that they had announcements for this sh- the, the release show. That's kind of how I found out about it. Oh, nice. I'm glad they did. I did that. They did that. And pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I think those are most of my questions. Um, as far as like closing remarks, um, any people you want to recognize? Everybody that helped out here as a juggernaut. Cody Kelly, Ernie Santiago, um, the bros of War Motor, you know, my sister, Taylor, my girlfriend, especially because a lot of it, I'm always gone. Like, I'm never home. We have three cats, and it kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Of course, you know, the old, the old bros, you know, from the past to now, and to the ones to the future, hopefully. <laughs> To the fans, you know. Yeah, to all the people that take a listen, you know, thank you for listening to our music. Yeah. Anything from you, Zane? No, man. And then I always ask people, like, is there any bands that people should check out that you guys listen to? Exodus. Violence, they're making the comeback for sure, man. I knew it. I called it. And fucking Death Mantra. I heard they're pretty cool. <laughs> death mantra, they're the pretty chill people. Yeah. Death mantra. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just listening to death mantra, you can definitely hear a lot of like Exodus. Um, uh, mainly in the vocals, they kind of pick up a lot of like punk. Um, a lot of the vocal delivery remind me of like Dave Mustaine. I don't know if you're a big, big death fan. Well, yeah, musically, early on, his technicality, especially those first five, four albums, man. Musically, I was like, that's kind of what I want, and that's fucking what I approach, but, you know, I like Exodus just a little bit more, but I think lyrically, as far as delivering it, and just how no bullshit, just straight to the point, yeah, definitely Megadeth-inspired as far as, like, just delivery, but it's funny you said Exodus and vocals, because a lot of people, especially if I do a, a real good Sousa, I could do a good Sousa, I think, but... Not as good as... Not as boys. good as the man we're going to see on the 16th. Yeah, or his boys, but, you know. Yeah, but definitely they're an inspiration for sure. And Check out Hatriot, his Zuza's boys band. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I think a lot of people, too, they say, we sound like Sepultura, DRI, Slayer. 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 Those are the main three we, I hear. Sepultura, old, old DRI, Old school Metallica. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the... Cavalera show in Albuquerque um, with Max and Igor. Yeah, I'm like pumped for that. It's just badass too that they just jumped on with Destruction and Nervosa. Really? Oh, yeah, so if you're going to get Destruction and Sepultura and Nervosa. Wow. But I got to double check. But cool. For sure, though, that's what my lady was saying. Was like, nice. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, I hope everyone gets to check that out. For sure, man. Check out Destruction too. They're German brand across seas. Nice. Along with Nervosa, Brazilian thrash metal band, all females. Yep. Nice. All right, cool. Well, thanks for talking to me, guys. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. Thanks. That was my talk with Death Mantra. I want to thank James, Gary, and Zane for taking the time to talk with me. And I hope everyone gets a chance to check out their new album, Mantras of Death. You can stream it on pretty much all the streaming platforms, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, Pandora, uh, even YouTube. But um, yeah, be sure to, you know, follow them, support them. They have a Facebook you can, you know, follow for announcements. And be sure to check them out live coming up on April 20th at the 420 Fest at the Juggernaut in Gallup. Also, Death Mantra will be opening for the legendary DRI on May 17th at the Juggernaut in Gallup, New Mexico. They'll be 
playing alongside War Motor and Mommy Milkers, so be sure to check that out too. And uh, be sure to follow the Juggernaut uh, Facebook page for show announcements, and they also have a website, uh, juggalite.com. And um, yeah, I'm going to play a song off of the new Death Mantra album, Mantras of Death. This is Locked and Loaded. There's also a pretty cool music video uh, you can check out on YouTube. But uh, yeah, after the song, it'll be the end of the podcast. So uh, thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you later. Go on it.